sorry. Keep going. Wait, was I wasn't there, was I? Or did I just hear about it? I don't think you were. Well, let's just <coughs> make it about me. Okay. So, Carly, you remember that time that we went to Envy, a restaurant down here downtown with Laura and Joe, and Joe was all all medicated, yeah. heavily medicated. I do remember. I don't even think I was that medicated. I was you just were, in a. He was just I was happy just in a for different one mood. Time. You were in no mood I have that I have ever seen you in the years that I've known. I think you. you were here that day. I don't know why you. I don't know lunch. why I didn't go out to lunch, but I do remember you being weirdly happy. You talked nonstop. Yeah. Oh yeah, and you were talking to Laura in the conference room. Who also talks nonstop. Who, yes, but that's normal for her. <laughs> Without about medication. What? I don't know, but you were really happy and you were very talkative. And yeah. it was just like, who is this person? Who is this, Joe? I, I was not here, but I was on the text exchange. <laughs> the commentary <laughs> text exchange. I don't think I was on that. <laughs> well, today we're going to go a little bit back in time. We're going to talk to one of the owners of Envy, uh, Lance Davis, who has been struggling. And, or I, shouldn't, I don't know. I will ask him if he's been struggling to run a restaurant during a pandemic. But that's what we're going to talk about today on the Cold Oatmeal Podcast. Uh, <laughs> Didn't your microphone break when we were... No, I was an idiot and I think I had something muted and wasn't paying attention. You okay? It's my allergies. Literally, I have... COVID. No, I think... <laughs> <laughs> so funny. I don't have COVID. Jimmy got tested, to be sure. You couldn't have, I'm like, edited that better. <laughs> Welcome to Cold Oatmeal, a podcast by the Rush Strategies team about PR and public affairs. Really. I was distracted staring at Joe's cold oatmeal. Yeah, well, it's here. He's got it on his, it's, on his it's desk. Always right here. Here. It's always here. And by the way, the, the, the ratio of like fruit to disgusting is like 1 to 10. It's got some disgusting stuff and some fruit. Yeah, There's like nothing disgusting. One part fruit. What's, what, what in there is disgusting? I don't even know what's in it, but it, it looks like cucumber mash and... Maybe a couple of chopped apples. Did you have Burger King for breakfast? What was your... Say that! <laughs> Welcome back to the Cold Oatmeal Podcast. This Thanks. is Matt Resch. Yeah, Nick. <laughs> Welcome back. It's been forever since you've been here. Yeah, one whole podcast. There you go. This is Matt Resch. I am the owner of Resch Strategies. We bring you this little podcast every other Thursday. Um, Rest Strategies is a public affairs and a public relations firm headquartered in downtown Lansing, Michigan. You can find us at reststrategies.com. They're also on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Rest Strategies. And this podcast and all of our episodes, you can download those on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. We also have a little Twitter account, I think. For this thing, Nikki, so. do we have any polls at Cold Oatmeal Pod? No, someone dropped the ball. We have zero polls. Okay, so if we don't have a poll, there is something I want to do, and I want to put this out. We may put this out. See if I can contact the person at the at the account to see if we could put a poll out about this because I, I have a new feature idea. Okay. Um, this is gonna involve. I have feeling. a feeling <laughs> it's gonna be about me. So there's a there's a new person in here on our, on our office, Carly. I'm re- really new. She's still new. At, Very at, recently she, new. She's only been here for you need to. Everyone needs to follow years. Carly at Carly Renee 04 on Twitter because one of the, th- the few the few joys I've I've had during this pandemic time and getting to know Carly. You know this. It's been dark times, but uh-huh. one of the things that Twitter does <laughs> is it, it gives you these little notifications about people who you follow when they've tweeted something. And I don't know, Carl, have you ever written like an original tweet of your own? No, never. But you follow the, the funniest things because I'm constantly getting yeah 
it just pops up and I give them a like. So and then I guess it tells you. You and have such Matt a well-developed <laughs> sense of humor. It is. And <laughs> I think I think Carly must be hilarious because these are all these are all and I have to read this one because this one was and I, this is probably gone viral. It's probably all over the place and this is probably old news to everybody. <laughs> but I wake up the other day and to, to this thing from a guy, decent pigeon. Just, <laughs> just <laughs> come again. Just received this roller coaster of an email from one of my professors. Hello, all. Unfortunately, I have to reschedule the exam. I will have to cancel class on Thursday. Against my best wishes, I have been shot and am being treated in the ER. Yeah, I, I also have COVID, and the divorce is getting nasty. <laughs> Office hours are still 11 to 12 on Monday and Wednesday with your TA. If I'm alive, the exam will be moved to Monday of next week. Keep reviewing the text, and remember to look, at, look over your IDs. Best, Professor Wilson. And then, of course, there's a follow-up. Hello, all. It seems that my last email went viral on the internet. I appreciate the replies letting me know. Fortunately, the injury wasn't serious, and none of my COVID symptoms are serious. The exam is still Monday, and it is asynchronous. Unlike my wife, I expect you not to cheat. Good luck to all. <laughs> Best, <laughs> Professor Wilson. I saw the I saw the first part on the, Instagram, but I did not I hear the second part. I saw the first part. on Instagram as well. I have not seen the follow. So the question for the for the universe here, if we can tweet this out, is: Do we need to have a Carly a Carly tweets? regular feature i think isn't it a carly likes tweet i can't even commit enough to retweet i'll give it a like <laughs> just like it and then matt sees it but for some good. reason and now i feel like all this pressure on yeah him. i know i feel yeah. like yeah. Matt, i feel like matt probably ruined it but i like, can only like really good content well now when i get the next notification i'm like yeah I'd bring it next time carly that was weak <laughs> <laughs> that was a weak effort on your liking like better oh, next time okay you should get on instagram because there's stuff like that all the time Okay. And you will enjoy it. I should do that. I, I think what we, this is referred to as curating artisanal social media content. Mm. Is that the that's your niche. You're, yeah. You're a curator. Yeah. That's okay. part of my job, really. It really <laughs> is. Yeah. So, so can we go back to the professor? Did, how does this story end? Did he really get shot? We're not sure. Hopefully. I, <laughs> I mean, he's fine. That's I funny. I assume so. It's probably all fake. Did his wife shoot him? We uh, don't know. We don't know the answer to I these have, questions. I have so many unanswered questions. I hadn't seen this tweet. Well, one question that we need well, to answer that I have forgotten is who is who are those voices you hear? My colleagues oh. here. Uh, Nikki, Nikki O'Mara. Carly Buell. At Carly Renee 04. <laughs> Joe Pesci. <laughs> With one ear, two. In Renee. All ease. All, all ease. <laughs> <laughs> Follow the right one. <laughs> and Nick DeLue. Um, Stephanie Vancouvering, our Maris of the podcast. She self. She can you self-gloss yeah. on this podcast? Can she call her? Can she give she herself did. her own She did. She hasn't name? been here in months. Okay. So, yeah, she's the Maris. Anyway, this is going to be a good episode. We've got um, Lance Davis, who is um, one of the partner owners of Envy, which is our, I think, the Rest Strategies official restaurant for downtown. Definitely. I wish it was still open for lunch, but we're going to talk to Lance about running a restaurant in a pandemic. We have a special feature, if Joe can pull off the technology for the oh, second yeah. second part of this little episode. Um, We're not confident. It'll be good. Based on this morning. You're going to look really stupid when this comes out and it works. <laughs> I had my first stress dream about this podcast the other day. What? I, it, it was like after I, after I booked Lance and Lance said he would come on, I went to bed. And in the middle of the night I wake up and it was one of these things. It wasn't Lance. It was somebody else. And I can't remember. It's not important who, who we got to come on. And they showed up, and we're not in the studio right now. We're in our kitchen area, so we can all space out a little bit. And they showed up with, like, 
their entire family who was on a vacation and like they decide they took 30 minutes out of their vacation to come and so there were like 13 people in here and it was little kids running around Oh, and the person and I will and I was trying to get I them out. I would have definitely left. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't have <laughs> yeah, left. Out. Yeah, it was an hour of like yeah stress podcast dreams. Anyway, Lance Davis. So Lance Davis, thanks so much for being with us. My pleasure. Thank podcast. you for having me. So before we get into talking a little bit about what the last seven, six, seven months have been like in the life of a a, a restaurant owner, um, I'm curious. What's just give us the backstory on on how Envy started. Okay, um, well, it is myself and my business partner, James Triscotti. Um, he couldn't be here today because he's getting ready for dinner service, which in the last six, seven months has become a little more challenging than it used to be. But um, him and I worked, have worked together on some level for almost the last decade. Um, we ran a different restaurant together. Um, some people often told us we should open our own restaurant. Um, my role there is service. Um, I handle the bar program, the wait staff. I have a brilliant um, bar manager that helps me with that. Um, his name is Josh Williams. Uh, so we do the front of the house. Uh, James is the co-owner and the chef. So he is the back of the house, the guts of the operation, if you will, um, all of the food, uh, which he does a brilliant job at. I'm very lucky to be able to work with him. So together, um, we actually were kind of uh, approached by an investor that said, would you like to open a restaurant? Uh, well, yeah, okay. <laughs> We'll do it. Does that happen very often? No. In, <laughs> in my experience, it doesn't happen very often. So uh, there was a spot downtown, which we thought would be cool. We um, went in. We did a full renovation, um, a full renovation. We, we gutted the place. It took over a year. It took a little longer than we expected. But uh, the first thing we did was went in and cleaned everything, uh, put some art in, just gutted the bar out, built walls, um, built it up from scratch. Um, and then uh, about... I don't know, eight months after expected, we opened as on V on uh, June 5th, 2017, so like three and a half years ago. Um, and it went really well. We seem to be very well received in the area. We really love being in downtown Lansing. Um, I mean, that's kind of the, that's the backstory. That's how we got started. How would you describe, for people who haven't been, you, you, you need to go, but for people who haven't been, how would you describe the menu, the cuisine, the how, what, how you approach the food? Okay, well, initially we were going to open as a, like a French bistro. We were going to really hope... Uh, kind of focus on being French style. Uh, so we had like a croque madame, a croque monsieur, uh, which, you know, like French sandwiches with like a fried egg on top. They were really cool. Um, but we found that as we brought in more things that kind of weren't French, like just homemade pasta that James makes, um, steaks, different seafoods, um, people were kind of gravitating gravitating towards that more. So we kind of dropped the French part a little bit and just became like a, a bistro. Um, it's, it's just it's a nice place to go. It's um, black tablecloth, white napkin, um, casual upscale, not expensive. You know, our food ranges in price. You can get a really good burger for 12 bucks. Uh, if you want to spend a little bit more, you know, we go up to like a $38 filet, but it, we really try to make it accessible to everyone. Um, built a nice cocktail program. Again, you know, you can spend a lot. You don't have to. Um, so really a focus on making it accessible for people that want to dine out, you know, that maybe don't want to spend a ton of money. And you can definitely do that. You can come in and spend $12 and have a nice black tablecloth experience. You mentioned it was eight months late in opening. Roughly, yeah. What was I, I feel like I remember that, but I don't remember why. What was the what was the holdup? Uh, there was some holdups in construction permits. Our liquor license took a little bit longer to get than we expected. Um, it, it, we were given different reasons for that. Um, there was some kind of law that changed in gas stations that backlogged the MLCC. Okay. Um, obviously, we didn't want to open without the liquor license because um, that's just no fun. <laughs> <laughs> what was in that spot before? Oh, there have been a bazillion things there. Right before us, it well, well it was Brandingen Brothers, and then also okay. it was called, I think, Suits for a little while. For like three days, oh. yeah. Yeah, it kind of bounced back and forth between those two, but it was it was Brandon and Brothers. Isn't that where the Schlotzkys was? 
Not that, that I'm aware of. I'm going back to like when I first came up here, like 20 years ago. There was a Schlotzky's, and I thought it was in that middle, the middle of that block. I could be wrong. That but. could be. I think the Brandingen Brothers was there somewhere between 12 and 15 years. So yeah. if you go back a little further, but I'm not sure about that. Yeah. And can I? You don't have to answer this, but can I ask where you were before? Like, I think it's interesting that you got recruited at your, uh, some other restaurant with your with your chef to actually go. Yeah, I mean, I've kind of I've done a lot of different things. I started um, my restaurant career, if you will, in my 20s. I managed fast food restaurants. I did Wendy's. Um, that was actually a really good job. Uh, I did a spell at Disney World, um, working in kitchens there. Actually, that's my only kitchen experience. Other than that, I've been all front of the house. Um, James and I worked together at a restaurant in Okemos. used to be called Gilbert and Blake's. Um, okay. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, that basically, that's kind of my, my So background. that was where you were right before on B? Yes. Okay. Yep. I have to admit that when you did open up before I ever went, I thought, hmm, French in downtown Lansing. <laughs> How is this going to fly? We got that a lot. <laughs> <laughs> now it's Matt's favorite place, and every time we go out to lunch, he wants to go to Andy. Uh-huh. That's yeah, right. We even had a, a drink named after him last week. I, I know. know. I was going to give a shout-out to your to your um, bar manager there for coming up with that. The yeah, he does, he does a really good job. Yeah, that was fun. That was that was my Christmas present. Was it last year you guys gave me yeah, that? I for yeah, I think Nick DeLue gets the credit yes, for that. Yes, definitely. Team effort, but... Uh, <laughs> and I think I think we lost I think we lost a couple months actually on the, on the menu because of damn, pan, damn oh, COVID yeah. COVID took the rash off the menu unbelievable I can't believe yeah, that was last Christmas tasty. that seems like 16 years ago right I now. know I know it does. Yeah, it does. 2020 so let's go back to middle of March at that point you would have been maybe th- almost three years in business almost or three so? years yep where as a restaurant I mean the restaurant business is, is really hard especially in downtown Lansing I would think and Downtown Lansing doesn't have a lot of, you know, don't take this the wrong way, Lansing, like <laughs> fancy food options downtown. Um, I mean, I can think of like majority when the majority opened up over where the Senate office building is now across from the Capitol. That was, you know, that was a great place, but it lasted, I don't know, a year before it was out of business. So you were making it and where kind of where were you three years in right before we had to shut down? Like in a good like good place, things Yeah, clicking. I mean three years in we were honestly just getting into being in a really good place. I mean, obviously anytime you open a restaurant it's challenging. I think everyone knows that. Um we're getting into a good place. Um I, I think one thing that's kind of cool about James's food is it really isn't fancy in the traditional sense of, you know, people think fancy, like, okay, you're going to pay $46 for three ounces of food, and it looks like a sprig of lettuce on your plate. What James does is it's 100% scratch-made food. Um, it, every single thing that he puts on a plate is made in-house from scratch by him and his team. Um, so it's kind of a, it's a different fancy. It, it doesn't have, you know, you can have a delicious burger made of you know filet mignon new york strip and top round that's ground up you know it's not the traditional fancy but it's it's house made it's scratch made it's delicious it's just a little bit different mm-hmm. um, but we were in a good place um going into the going into the covid when did covid like pop up on your radar were you aware of it like in january before things were happening were you getting worried or i was starting to hear about it in january that there was this thing you know and that it was going to be kind of a big deal i never in a million years expected it to be what it turned out to be um you know, we thought maybe I didn't see a shutdown in January at all. You know, we thought maybe they were. I don't. Didn't, I didn't expect a shutdown. I did hear about it in January. Right. So what? So when did you shut down? What day was it? March. I think it was fifteenth. Um, the governor ordered all dine-in restaurants to cease operations <clears throat> except for takeout. Um, at that time, we were really not prepared to do like to mass produce takeout, so we just closed, um, and we stayed closed. Until I'm trying to think, we reopened for curbside carryout in 
middle of June. Um, so we were closed from March until June. We did curbside carryout in the middle part of June, which was fun. Um, you know, James put together a completely different menu every week that was completely and totally different from what we used to do. Like one week was uh, fried chicken, uh, one week was melts, one week was wraps. Um, and we really, we didn't have the volume buying ability at that point to do any more of a menu than that. So we just focused on one thing and put it out. And people had a really good time with it, you know, kind of kept them on their toes, like what are we gonna do next? Um, we did that for a little while and then weren't really kind of making ends meet with it. So we shut that down, closed completely for a few more weeks and then opened, um, I guess it was end of August for the, once we were allowed to open at 50%, we took out half the tables, put our safety program in place and just opened up at, at half capacity, so. Okay, walk us through a little bit, like what were you, like mid-April-ish, you know, I, it was, we were in the, the throes of a lot of crisis work with the clients. You know, we were all dealing with some various angst at home. Your my, your thought process as a restaurant owner in mid-April, early May, what, what were you thinking? I want, well, like to add to that, like March 16th, were you just like, ah, this will be like two weeks. Like when did you start freaking out a little bit? Oh, I definitely thought it was going to be two weeks. I, I, everybody I ever talked to said it was going to be two weeks. Okay. You know, like, okay, we can close for two weeks, you know. We're going to go watch some Netflix and eat some pizza and we'll be back in two weeks, you know. Clean the restaurant was the mindset, you know. Um I, it didn't really um, <clears throat> grasp the sort of enormity of it until probably the second extension. It was just like, oh, we're going to be shut down for a while. Like, this is going to be kind of a huge deal. Um, and at that point, it was just like, it was very overwhelming. Just like, you know, what are, are we just done? What do we do? Um, and then, you know, we just kind of became positive and we're like, we're going to get through it. We're going to reopen, which we did. Um, so I guess that was kind of the thought process. Just like, I don't know what to do here. Mm -hmm. How much of your time were you spent? Did you spend thinking of ways to, like, I can we can run this business safely, you know, kind of troubleshooting. Okay, this this might be something that isn't isn't cool under COVID policies, but let's let's figure out how we can change how we run. Like you do the you do the front of the house, yep. th that kind of like customer interaction. And well, I mean that obviously was hugely important. Um, and when before we actually opened up to the public, where we were letting them inside, we we spent a lot of time. I, mean, I read. James and I read every CDC page that they put out, all of the governor's orders, everything that we were supposed to do, um, and then we even tried to go a little bit farther. I mean, we do things that not everyone does, like temperature checks at the door. Um, and most of our clientele says that makes them feel more comfortable. So there was a lot of time and thought that went into safety. Are there some practices that you've put in place due to COVID that you think you'll continue once we're out of it? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't see us taking temperatures at the door forever yeah. or anything like that. But, you know, we put hand, sanita hand sanitizing stations throughout the restaurant, and that's not a bad idea. It's mm -hmm. something we, I we like that a lot. Have before. Obviously, we had hand washing stations, but we have the hand sanitizer stations. Um, the social distancing, you know, maybe to some extent a little more than we did before. I mean, obviously, as I can add tables, I will once it's safe. But, yeah, definitely, I think some of the things that we've, like, learned through this, um, just constant hand washing, you know, we did that in the restaurant business anyway, but mm -hmm. you just really have to be mindful of it. Yeah. There's a story in the state journal not too long ago about state employees and the fact the impact on downtown Lansing, um, especially during the day, and anyone who's been downtown, every time we don't come down here very often, but you know, you could walk across Michigan Avenue right now without looking either way because you know you're not getting hit by a car because there's no <laughs> there's no one coming. Right. But for a, a, a restaurant that relied, especially when you're a lunch crowd, I have to think, relied very heavily on, on those big office buildings that were full of people. Yep. What are your thoughts for the future? Um, 
my, I, I don't see lunch coming back anytime soon. Um, right now, we're only open for dinner. We're only open three days a week. As we phase back in, I see dinner service. I really I don't see lunch happening, especially in downtown Lansing again. Um, a lot of those people um, that I have spoken to, you know, I know some people that work in, like, not only just the state, but Blue Cross, um, different people that work down here. They're working downtown maybe one day a week, and you can see that. Um, you know, pre-COVID, you couldn't find a place to park on on the street in front of the restaurant. Mm -hmm. Now, there's like four or five cars out there at lunchtime. Like, it's a completely different world. Um, so I don't see lunch business being viable. That doesn't mean that business isn't viable. I just don't think it's going to be lunch. Well, that sucks. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it does. And then again, that's not to say that's forever. But right now, um, I just I don't see lunch as a, as a thing. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people are saying that in the business. You have to have friends in this business who are probably doing jobs similar to what you're doing in different places. Many, yep. Is your experience unique? Kind of, is it your, everyone, your friends are seeing the same kinds of things or how are, how are you? The only that thing that's unique about my experience or our experience is our location. Downtown Lansing is, is tricky. It's just a tricky downtown. Um, it's a little bit different than other areas um, in that I really wish we had like a movie theater or some retail. This is pre-COVID. Just other things to do besides the restaurant because we're relying entirely right now on being a destination, which as long as you know you do something really well, people will come out, but it's just kind of hard when there's nothing else there. Other than that, I think every restaurant's in the same boat right now. Um, there's some corporate places that have a little bit more buying power that gives them a little bit of an edge up and an advantage, but as far as independent restaurants, yeah, we're all, we're all in the same position. Yeah, I had a. I, I actually went out to lunch this week with a friend, and it was such a it was such a weird experience because we both went we both went to a place that we thought was open because they had a patio, so we just kind of assumed oh well they'll be open for lunch, and so we drove there and I got there first and like and it's you know only open for dinner, and so then I call and I say well it's not open and then we just racked our brains like we don't even know where to go it was because. You know, it's everybody has different policies and they're changing their times and their their openness. So it's it's a whole different world because it's eating out was like one of the, I love eating out. I, and do you? I do. <laughs> it's like the only reason I get you guys to come in here once a week. So I go, hey, you guys want to go go to lunch? Um, I love I love eating out. I mean, I, I love eating out as well. As, you know, it's one of my favorite things to do. And yeah, I'm in the same position. You kind of just have to check websites first and maybe make some calls because a lot of places are unfortunately in a position where we have to reduce hours. Um, like we haven't brought any staff back. We have management only. We have um, one dishwasher, thank goodness, because he's absolutely vital. And then we have, um, like I said, my business partner, co-owner James, the chef in the kitchen. Um, his manager, the sous chef Adam, and then Josh and I in the front. That's our entire staff right now. Yeah, when I was in the last couple of weekends ago, you were the, you were running everything. I mean, you were the waiter. You were taking the orders, bringing the drinks, yeah. seating people. Yeah, I was in a meeting uh, with our accountant, just kind of talking about numbers and stuff. And she looked at me and said, "Can you wait tables?" And I was kind of like a deer in the headlights. So, well, I, could, I, I did it 20 years ago. Like I probably could still do it. And I'll tell you, I was a little rusty. <laughs> what have you? Um, to go back to that period, because our family loved that the menu when you were putting out those menus every week, and you're right, we were like looking forward to okay, so what's going to be the what's going to be the theme for this? This is I'm, I'm probably more of a Nikki question, but <laughs> so much of that was social media based. Like you would you would post that stuff, and then you would see, and I, I saw you got a lot of support and following from the Lansing community who were excited to see your menu and wanted to do it. Did you see? Did that bear fruit? Did the did the online support translate into actual ordering? 
Oh, definitely. Yeah. Um, James handles almost exclusively the social media because he's really good at it. But um, definitely we have a, a large following on, on Facebook and Twitter and the different platforms. Okay. That's really the only advertising we do. Why do you think that wasn't viable to continue doing then? Um, it was just hard without any, at, at the time we weren't able to do the, the booze to go yet. Like we can do okay. that now, which is actually a big part of our takeout business. We do discounted wine to go, we do cocktails to go, but, um, it just wasn't generating and Even though people had fun with it and a lot of people came out without the, without the alcohol sales and just the curbside, it wasn't really generating enough revenue right. to, to really make it work. Well, we wish you the best. What's the what's your website? You know, Envy. Envy517.com. Okay, so everybody check that out. Figure out when they're open. Go on the weekends, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Bell on social. For dinner. And the um, menu does change every week. James is putting out. It's really hard for him to do, but he puts out a different menu every week. So. My dad was so excited. He had. I think he ordered two things when he was here because he always gets, if he goes to a restaurant and there's scallops, he orders scallops. Mm. But then there was something else that he wanted to do. I'm like, I mean, you're ordering, you're ordering two entrees there. But but he was he <laughs> loved it, so it was good. Couldn't decide. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thanks for coming by, and we appreciate the the story, and we will we will continue to patronize well, the I restaurant for sure. I appreciate you. Thank you very much. Cool. Thanks for having me, Lance Davis. We will be right back. Special feature. Let's see. Can Joe pull pull this off? Don't go away. Dun dun dun. So welcome back. We're gonna do a new little segment here, right, Joe? Yeah, you've crit- been, Critical you've been, Corner. You've been working working the uh, the technology. We've got so what? When was it? it was last last year that we had Sal Palumbo as our guest on the podcast? I think one of by far one of the most popular guests we've ever had on. Mm-hmm. He is an animal control expert and uh, had a great story about dragons and all kinds of, and raccoon being attacked by raccoons. So Joe and I were talking, once we got this telephone thing figured out, we're going to call Sal up and we're going to check in regularly and figure out where he is. So this is Critter Corner and with Sal Plumbo. Welcome to Critter Corner with Sal Palumbo. Sal, you with us? Yes, I'm with you. I'm listening. I'm loving it. Where are you? What do you do? Where are you right now? What what animal are you on the hunt um, for? Right at this moment, I am off. Uh, let's see. I am in Okemos off Patch Road. I'm uh, groundhog proofing a porch, a deck, and a sunroom uh, at this particular location. We just finished up, actually, and uh, beautiful day outside. Great day to be outdoors. Unless you're a groundhog. Unless you're a groundhog. Well. No, he'll still be outdoors. He's just uh, not going to be underneath that uh, space anymore. What kind of damage would a groundhog do to un- underneath a porch? Well, here's the thing. If the house is on a slab or on an old foundation, he can undermine it. He can undermine decks. He can undermine shallow things. But if you have a full basement and it's a rather new house, state building code says that your foundation has to be 42 inches below the lowest point of grade. So, you know, your foundation might be 12, 13 feet below the ground level. In that case, they're not going to do anything. But if you have a slab or you live on a crawl or you have a very old house, highly possible. 
Sal, uh, I saw a story um, a couple weeks ago about like an alligator loose somewhere over in Metro Detroit. What's the weirdest thing you've gone and got got since we last talked to you? Oh, my goodness, yes. Now, here's what's happened since with the alligators. The alligator is loose in the Clinton River in Macomb County. It's actually my old stomping grounds. I grew up in Sterling Heights, uh, so I know the area well. Uh, it's loose in Macomb County, and in, uh, let's see, in the last three weeks, I've actually become alligator certified. So I went down to, <laughs> we have in the state of Michigan, I know, isn't that crazy? I, we have in the state of Michigan a, uh, uh, an alligator sanctuary uh, down by Battle Creek area. Uh, they house year-round over 200 alligators, ranging from, you know, little squirts all the way up to, I think they have a 14-footer, 12-footer right now. Uh, they have, you know, a couple hundred alligators on site. And so uh, myself and about two dozen other um, animal control officers around the state went through an alligator training program where we got to actually grab the little guys out of fish tanks where most people are, you know, giving their alligator up, all the way up to jumping on top of, in, in my case, a nine-footer, um, you know, being a part of a team jumping on a nine-footer to tackle and relocate a monster to, you know, to actually get a hold of their, their jaws and hold them and keep them from biting you. And so, yeah, yeah, I, uh, it's a thing. It's a growing thing. According to that sanctuary, over 20 alligators are captured wild and an equal amount are surrendered every year because the state of Michigan does not have a law regarding the possession of alligators in our state. So is that one? Now, Go ahead. Keep going. I was going to say, now, the other part to it is, a good portion of the ones that are surrendered to animal control, um, I, I don't know if I mentioned this on the last podcast, but I've said this for years, and this is I've seen the proof of it now. Alligators are replacing the Rottweiler and the Pitbull in big drug bags because they can't be negotiated what? with. Oh you only have God. to feed them once a week, <laughs> and uh, uh, and they're just as ferocious. They'll put the fear of God in you. So um, You feed them the rival the drug lord, and they're happy for a while, and unbelievable yeah and so when they get six seven feet long they they throw them off in the local swamp or marsh and let them go and 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 then it's up to animal control officers or nuisance guys like myself to go pick them up so they just live there in battle creek until they die at the sanctuary no 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 this sanctuary actually takes care of them year round uh alligators will actually kind of go into this hibernative state and so in the winter they put them in climate controlled um, containers that have a uh, water source and they don't eat for that whole five months. They live off of the fat that they've grown all year, just like any other animal that shuts down. And this place is a complete nonprofit sanctuary for, for alligators, the, the most unloved lizard in America. <laughs> so is that one I read about still on the loose? Yes, it is still on the loose. They cannot get a hold of it. I've considered going down there just for the adventure. Yes. Uh, just see to see if I can get it. Can I you tell you us? Uh, tell us when you're down there. Along. We will call, call you back, <laughs> yep. and we will hear. We want to hear live blow by blow you on the hunt of the. Alligator. Oh man! It, you know what? If I did it, I would have to do it in the middle of the night. So we'll, we will we'll <laughs> be here. No, we'll we'll come in special. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that would work too. That would work too. So what is? So people have been stuck at home for the last seven months. So they're probably discovering animals living in their house that they didn't know they had before when they were going to work all day. And well, you know what it is? It's not that they're discovering animals living in their house that they didn't know. Most people do know when they hear a noise in their house. There's probably something going on. Uh, what I've found is that everyone who's been stranded in their house now has to deal with the noise that they've been going to work to escape. So it's been a busy time for you. Yeah, so it, actually it's been a very busy year for me. I, I would say, I, in all fairness and honesty, business is up about 30% this year, just just from that fact. Wow. It's a lot of groundhogs. I should know this, but maybe I should yeah. ask my scientist friend Nick here. Animals can catch COVID, right? 
Oh yeah, I think so. I've uh, seen I've dogs yeah, that died. Domestics, domestics can catch a version of COVID. Uh, that's happened in cats and dogs confirmed. Uh, I don't know of any other species outside of that. I may be wrong. So you're not having to, you know, socially distance or wear a mask when you come <laughs> encounter with a raccoon or anything. Uh, well, no, I make them wear the mask. <laughs> <laughs> Raccoons are born with them. It's awesome. They're adorable with a mask on. <laughs> well, Sal, I appreciate you taking. They look a, like little doctor trash pandas. I appreciate you taking <laughs> taking a minute out of your busy busy Friday morning. Uh, I'll let you get back to your to your groundhogging. Okay, we'll talk to you later. See you, Sal. Bye, Sal. Have a great. You bet. Bye, bye. Oh, Sal, I think staple here on yeah. the podcast. It's got to be. Yeah, that was uh, that was that was entertaining. Better than I thought it would be. Sal, <laughs> Sal Palumbo, Michigan Animal Control. Uh, we were gonna we're gonna check in with Sal again sometime soon. See where he is. Maybe on the maybe around the holidays. See what, what what happens around Christmas time with with critters. That'd be good. That was fun. Anyway, Lance Davis, owner of Envy, our favorite restaurant in downtown Lansing, was our guest today and a special guest from Sal Palumbo on Critter Corner. This is Matt Resch. We will talk to you next time on the Cold Oatmeal Podcast. You write a song? That would have been a great outtake. <laughs> Welcome to Critter Corner. Oh, no. That was actually pretty good. I might put that in. If you've got a That wasn't a quite squirrel. the vibe I was going for. Wow. <laughs> what animal was that? A raccoon, maybe. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's the critter in your crawl space. <laughs> if you got a critter in your crawl space, squirrel in your ceiling, a skunk in your shed, call Sal. It's Critter Corner. <laughs> You're a creative I guy, feel but like <laughs> I feel like you could write music to it too, and with your piano. I could. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>